0: Yes, we are the De Geeks, I'm Mark. Oh, we're doing this again, aren't we? I'm afraid so. Oh. And this extremely disappointed person is Avery. Oh, and as you may have noticed, this. this is still not Street Sharks. No. Because... After the total collapse of the Street Sharks episode, through no fault of our own, Thanks Adobe Software, you suck us. We decided we needed to do a quick rebound, get in the next week, rather than our new two-week pattern. And we decided, just on the spur of the moment, to do Double Dragon. This was a mistake This was a mistake It was a
1: massive, massive mistake There's a lot to dissect here Yes Um So please listen in for the upcoming hour-long special on Double Dragon (laughs) Wherein we melt in real-time from how fucking humid it is And how we've had to close all the windows Because some dicker decided to start getting the reciprocating saw out Right as we started to record Also, how ill I am and also, yeah, Mark has is, uh, is got a bit of a bad cold as well. And, and of course, falling the asleep. room is full of dogs. Well, one dog. It's, one dog. It's sleeping very... It's a very quiet dog. It's, it's very comfortable looking right now. It's still like having a space heater in the room. Well, yeah, but it's a very
0: comfortable looking space <laughs> heater, so I'm quite okay with that. More than fair. So Double Dragon was a 1987 arcade game in which two brothers battled through street gangs in order to rescue their girlfriend. And if that sounds familiar, that's probably because it basically uh, defined the format of the entire brawler genre for the next 20 years. Basically, if you played a side-scrolling brawler, uh, it follows that same idea of generally speaking, walking down a bunch of streets and beating up a bunch of tough guys.
1: Yeah, that's just kind of the, the basic beat-em-up pattern. And yeah. I mean, to be honest, there's, they're, they're a pretty good genre. It's kind of like um, a bit Dynasty Wars, in a sense, but it's a lot less on a grand scale. It's it's, just, it's a smaller-scale side-scrolling version of Dynasty Wars, where you're just one dude and you're beating up the shitload of people for no apparent reason, apart from Whatever vague plot is given away in the cutscenes.
0: I mean, in the 90s, it was one of the really big genres on the consoles.
1: Yeah, that's uh, very true. I mean, you had the Streets of Rage series on the Genesis, or the Mega Drive, as it was called here. Uh, You had River City Ransom on the NES. You had, oh God, what was it, Final Fight as well? Uh, Yeah. Uh, There was loads and loads of beat-em-ups on the market uh, back in the 90s. They were very popular, and to be honest... Yeah, I can see why. They're very fun to just mindlessly play through. Um, oh yeah, another really good one that um, people often forget about was the Simpsons arcade game by Konami. I was about to mention that exact same thing. Fantastic beat 'em up Amazing. Like, it really reflects the kind of cartoony nature of the show.
0: Directly inspired from Double Dragon. Yeah. Um, Down to the having a damsel in distress, except the damsel is Maggie.
1: Yeah also the x-men arcade game which had eight players available to you and the cabinet was fucking massive yes that please look up an an image of the x-men arcade game cabinet if you've not seen that because it is amazing to behold how
0: else do you make a game about a
1: massive team yeah i mean you just have eight players just all crowded around this one cabinet it's massive Sight to behold, idea. honestly But yeah, Double Dragon um, um, Definitely um, one of the more popular beat up games on the NES, for sure
0: uh, Well, it was one uh, of the earliest so Yeah it, uh, And therefore had a dozen sequels
1: Yeah, it kind of stands alongside uh, other kind of uh, action gems Like Ninja Gaiden and stuff like
0: that Yes, yes It's uh, one of those early era games Although it doesn't get quite as mentioned as often as other ones I get the feeling there's
1: maybe a reason for that. (laughs) It's kind of primitive. Yeah, it's um, very bare bones. Although I do remember there being a, um, a very fun little trick that you could do in one or two of the NES games where if you don't feel like fighting a specific enemy, you can just fuck off and not fight them just by climbing up a wall or going down a ladder. It's just like one of the bosses you can completely skip by just returning back the way you came. It's great. That's fun. Yeah, I just like that it just lets you do that. More games should just let you do that. You just go, well, no, I don't want to do this. Bye. And then it just comes (laughs)
0: as completed and you can just keep going. Memory's loaded it in. Memory loaded it out. It's already been loaded in once, so it doesn't need to load it in again because obviously you've beaten it. Otherwise, why would it have loaded it out? Yeah, exactly. Oh god, I love classic <laughs> gaming logic.
1: But yeah, if you can judge by the way that we're kind of constantly stumbling and rambling on about this, um, neither of us are exactly well acquainted with Double Dragon as a game.
0: All we know is that we know enough about Double Dragon to know that the Deke Double Dragon cartoon isn't Double Dragon. Well, that's not true, exactly. The
1: first episode is sort of Double Dragon. The first
0: episode is sort of an
1: adaptation
0: of Double Dragon. I
1: mean, it takes a lot of creative liberties, but, I mean, you have the characters. You have Bimmy. uh, Bimmy? You have Bimmy. You have Jimmy. uh, You also also have Wild Willy and a Bobo's there. And And then you also have Michael. (laughs) You remember Michael, right? Michael,
0: yeah, who looks like
1: Skates from Streets of Rage 2. That classic character. Um, basically, yeah, you have like four characters from Double Dragon and then the rest are all made up. And then in the second episode, it kills off Wilds, William and Bobo. They never appear again in the show. And from there, it is not Double Dragon. It is merely... The, merely shares the same name
0: as Double Dragon. It feels very much like after the first episode, they said... Okay, yeah, this is good. You've got a good setup here. You've got a good villain and a good hero. But we'd prefer it if the villain and the hero fought together against all of these action figures we've designed.
1: Yeah, this is, again, one of those cartoons where it was purely designed to sell the toys. And yeah. it shows, because it, the writers clearly did not
0: give a shit about this at all. Um, Which is a shame, considering the... Uh, the the creator of it. Uh, I'll talk about him a bit more later, but he, he worked on um, uh, Justice League in the 80s and various DC comics. So, basically, the setup you've got here is that Billy and Jimmy are the mystical dragon... Uh, the mystical double dragon who are a prophesied pair of dragon warriors. Uh... For some reason, that basically translates to superheroes who look exactly the same as their alter-egos but wearing stupid masks and less clothing. For some reason, they lose their undershirts and the top of their greaves whenever they transform and gain the dorkiest, possibly one of the worst-designed pairs of masks I have ever
1: seen. With the colours flipped around, so you don't know which one is which exactly. (laughs) Because that makes sense, you know.
0: Well, I mean, one of them is red and blue, and the other one is blue and red. Yeah. That's pretty much it. The colours of the characters don't flip around. They look exactly the same. And then everyone keeps acting like it's some sort of amazing transformation. Whereas the entire transformation could be recreated by them going, hold on, hold on, give, me a, give us a second, turn around, turn around, whipping on a mask and flipping down a couple of bits of their greaves. It's the kind of
1: thing where if I had the toys as a kid, I would probably forget that the red mask goes on the blue guy and the blue mask goes on the red guy, and I would just end up pointing the blue mask on the blue guy, because that makes more logical sense to me. Yeah, pretty much. It's incredibly daft, and it makes no sense from a design standpoint.
0: It's also incredibly ugly. That too. This is one of the ugliest shows we have talked about so far.
1: Now, I know we usually reserve the ugly topic for the later Deke shows, because... In the mid-2000s, design wasn't great for Deke. It was very plasticky, shall we say. Yeah, Plasticky, is a good word. Yeah,
0: very weird, very sterile computer-designed look. Yeah, digital colouring. Digital colouring basically ruined Deke. But Deke was quite capable of ruining itself. In this case, I could only assume they were trying to emulate the colour scheme of the toy line which were the cheapest, nastiest looking pieces of shit I have ever seen. Also, another
1: fun thing, we normally reserve Toy Talk and say how good the toys look, despite everything. Uh, No, not in this case. These ones look absolutely awful. They are clearly bottom of the barrel, like we used up the last of the uh, remaining sprues from the last product line to shape this into a sort of vague kind of... Fighting man Luke, they let's didn't... paint it with dragon yeah, Dragons. I'm not
0: even sure they were painted I think they must, might have just been the coloured plastic Ugh, in most cases. Christ. Which is never good. Um, and these toys were basically of Billy and Jimmy and then of a bunch of supervillain slash superhero characters that uh, I assume the creator of the show, the character designer, created, and they because it's the early nineties uh, when comics were at they were uh, because it's the early nineties when comics were at their worst. They all look like terrible rejected GI Joe villains. Do you know much about GI Joe, Avery? No I mean I'm I'm aware of
1: G.I. Joe I have seen the figures And I yes. kind of get the base concept of it it's When you sort say of a you've a
0: seen the figures Do you know how many figures there were? Shitloads There were over a hundred Yeah And the ideas kept getting worse and worse Because how many figures could you make? It's kind of um, What if Action Man had an army To
1: me That's yeah. kind of how I saw it that's, I was, uh, that's entirely what it is I was an Action Man kid I was I was uh, big on that stuff uh, the later Action Man that was, though the uh, mid two thousands Action Man. Anyway, um, yeah, no, I, I get the base concept for what GI Joe was. So, right yeah.
0: now, imagine those, but mm. top heavy, muscled, yeah, with the most garish, uh, overcolored plastic uh, accessories. That's Double Dragon, right. So, going into that, that aesthetic is carried into the cartoon. Yeah. It's... Along with the poor animation of early 90s Deke.
1: The, uh, the character designs, especially for Jimmy and Billy, are strange, to say the least. Yeah. It is um, this kind of bizarre, top-heavy hourglass figure, wherein the top half of them, so you've got the, the top of the torso, the arms, muscled as hell. Then the middle bit, where you've got the tummy and then also the hips, basically looks like it's being crushed by a super corset. Like it's just, there's nothing there. It is just a very weird kind of connector for the two body halves. Yep. And then genie pants. Yeah. And the legs just kind of naturally spread outwards. I've never seen them with their legs st- standing together. Yeah. They have only always stood with their legs apart. It's so yeah. bizarre.
0: Like the uh, the Mega Man 1 US cover. Mm. That stance. Yeah. It doesn't quite work visually. No, not particularly. I mean, there's a bit of Rob Liefeldian uh, aspect to how it looks, mm. which should tell you everything, because mm. Rob Liefeld cannot draw a thing. <laughs> So anyway, when we first introduced to them, uh, Jimmy and Billy Lee are estranged twins. Uh, turns out one of them has become the master of a light-based gym, and the other is the second in command of a shadow-based terrorist organisation? Question mark, question mark, question mark? I mean, I, I get they're supposed to be some sort of shadowy, evil ninja super villain team let's let's start from the top
1: okay because I think trying to explain it from the established plot from episode 1 doesn't really work you need to kind of work your way through episode 1 before we really get there
0: so as a person who didn't work managed to work their way through episode 2
1: yeah because it was emotionally draining and also it was 2am um so this bloke right (laughs) This bloke, right? You're going to start with that, are you? He comes into this dojo that's just inexplicably in the middle of New York City, right? And he knocks on the door,
0: and he leaves this kid with the master of this dojo. The master of this dojo is a guy called Oldest Dragon. That is his name. The bloke mentions how the kid has the mark
1: of the dragon on him, and... By the mark of the dragon on him, we don't mean like a tiny little mark on his leg or his arm. No, it's a massive fuck-off dragon tattoo across the middle of his chest. Full colour. Yes. Uh, you couldn't imagine this as being a birthmark. This that is... glows when it's revealed. Yeah. Yeah. And he passes it off to the Dragon Master. Bloke fucks off, saying he's trying to find his twin brother, right? We fast forward a few years.
0: Hold on, hold on. You missed the bit where the... Instead of... um going, well, if things go badly, I will train you or anything. He just says, right, now I've got you. I'm going to train you. It doesn't matter if <laughs> <It's you> true. <laughs> <laughs> the Chagamaster just kind of decides, yes. like, right, I'm having you. Right, he's dead. <laughs> right, you're mine. <laughs> yep, let's go. Come on. Straight
1: away. Let's get you left in, weights, little boy. Come on. So we fast forward a few years now, and the kid has grown up to uh, become uh, Billy, or maybe it's Jimmy. Um... And he's a big bulky lad. He's a big chunky bugger. And he's, he's going about and he's got big muscles. Uh, we first see him back in the dojo with the oldest dragon. And he's got a metal girder in front of him. And he crushes it with his Jedi mind powers. That never comes up again. No. He just inexplicably shows that off. Which is... Even more bizarre when you consider how fucking ripped he is. But, okay, that's fine. We have a little brief cutaway where we're outside and, um... One of the token black characters, who's called Michael, he's just a kid who's got a voice who sounds really young, despite him looking far older. Which we'll get into. Um, he sees a helicopter coming around, that's... Really bizarre looking. It's got weapons and spikes jutting out of it very visibly, and it's coloured weirdly. That's just kind of flying about having a fucking joyride in the sky at random. Um, Michael goes, Oh no, it's a shadow copter, and fucks off. No one else seems to really take care or notice of it, by the way. Uh, inside the shadow copter, it's revealed that it's Wild Willy and a Bobo, two villains from the game. A Bobo being just a very difficult enemy, and Wild Willy being one of the bosses. I believe the end boss of the first game, uh, if I remember correctly. And they, t- those two, just talk bollocks for a bit, um, saying not really anything of any importance whatsoever. And then we cut away back into the dojo. Michael comes in. He's saying. Um, Oh, Billy, There's a there's a there's a, a shadow cop to run loose or something like that. And this is kind of the point where I stop caring already. Um, oh God, what happens? It's like
0: the there's a fight scene. Yeah, That's there's all a, it comes a fight down scene. To.
1: Suddenly breaks out. There is a police van that is shown briefly when Michael shouts out about the shadow cop to. Um, and then it cuts back to that police van. Behind them is a school bus which is inexplicably full of Wolverine assassins um, and by Wolverine assassins we mean ninjery blokes with Wolverine-like claws jumping about the place and they have just ripped into the roof of the police van which is inexplicably holding shitloads of money yeah.
0: huh. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about this. And
1: they take the money, and the cops do absolutely nothing about it. Um, I'm sure, it isn't a
0: bank van. I don't know. It might be, but they look like policemen. Uh, that's. I mean, mean, they they looks like look, policemen. I guess it's shorthand for security guards. Yeah. Uh, except the.
1: Um,
0: uh, I don't know.
1: Then enter the other main character, Marion, who is a policewoman in this. Uh, Marion being the kind of damsel in distress character for the games, uh, who you're trying to save at the end of it, ultimately.
0: Yeah, this is actually quite an improvement, to be honest. Yes,
1: I quite like this version of Marion. Marion
0: has a purpose, Mm. other than, you know, to be the token, uh female character. Well she is still the token female character but I mean the 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 prize by the token in this case. Here's
1: the thing about Double Dragon the cartoon, every character is a fucking token. There is no non-token characters Um, in this show
0: I mean, I wouldn't say everyone was token, in fact I'd say this has surprisingly good uh, African American male representation for a cartoon from the 90s in that there are three African American male characters who are named That's fair But it's also a case of, I like...
1: Everyone is a stereotype. Yeah, everyone is a A stereotype. Everyone is a cliche. Everyone ultimately doesn't really matter because Um, a lot of the characters have next to no impact on any of the events that happen.
0: Everyone's uh, character is just the shallowest pool of this is what this person is. Yeah. They do this. It's... It's the action figure problem. Mm-hmm. They got as far as the description of the action figure, and then wrote no further. No one has conflicts that lie outside of we are action figures and we mash against each other until one of us falls
1: over. So yeah, Marion enters. She beats up some of the ninja blokes, and then um, what was it um, Billy comes in on his on his big motorbike. Uh, and basically runs over the ninja blokes. And, uh, that's kind of it. Marion introduces herself. Billy introduces
0: himself. And then Marion deputises Billy. No, that's skipping ahead. That's the same scene, basically.
1: No, it's skipping ahead. Um, because you missed out the part where Marion is trying to convince, uh... He's trying to convince Billy of uh, deputising him. Because Marion doesn't instantly get the permission
0: to do that. Here's the thing about them being deputised. They're constantly referred to as vigilantes. Right? But they're not. They're officially police deputies.
1: I also miss an important thing about the Jedi mind power scene. In that same scene, Billy is given a sword.
0: Yeah, a sword. You know, you remember Double Dragon, you know, with the swords and the motorbikes and the machine guns and the tanks and the dojos that how inexplicably have defence systems that shoot lasers.
1: So, after the fight scene has finished, uh, Billy lets the ninja blokes go. We never see them ever again. Um... Marion chastises him for it saying oh why did you let them go and Billy's response was it's only money the important thing is no one got hurt to which Marion basically replies with but they broke the law and Billy basically replies with yeah and which is an interesting approach to uh, living your life Billy I'm going to be very honest <laughs> just kind of yeah uh, fuck it As long as no one gets hurt Anarchist state baby <laughs> There was also the brilliant line of um, when Marion was trying to convince uh, Billy of deputising him. Uh, Billy says, I must follow the code of the dragon! And uh, Marion responds to, Don't worry, we've got a code every bit is strict. It's called the law. Which is... uh, Hmm. uh. Hmm. I'm not sure how to think about that. That is... uh, That's an interesting line, for sure.
0: Yeah... I mean, it's weird that this show has such... um, It both loves and hates the idea of police. Yeah, It's very weird. Because whilst it's also... Whilst it's always saying that the police are pretty much useless, it's also saying but these people can't do anything unless it's sanctioned by the police. And I guess they're trying to make it so that it's kid friendly but it just comes off as very conflicted um. yeah. and uh in these rather more uh, politically intriguing times um especially when it comes to the powers of the police yeah Bit of fascist maybe yeah
1: it's kind of maybe uh Aged a bit badly, a little yeah. bit,
0: maybe. But we're never going to get anywhere if you go into it in this detail.
1: Yeah. Um. So anyway, that happens. Uh, Marion finally convinces Billy to deputise him. And we get to have a little glimpse of the uh, the main villain, who is uh, who I have dubbed Shadow Bloke, but is also known as Shadow Boss.
0: Here's the thing, this isn't the main villain.
1: Well, he's the main villain until episode two.
0: Yeah, which we can... I, I still don't know whether they just is,
1: retooled it entirely after episode one. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird kind of twist of the knife. It's just kind of like, ah, this is the main villain. Ha, psych. No, it's not. Like, why, why, why?
0: <laughs> why don't do you establish even, a main villain and then say he's not the main villain? It doesn't even do a ha, psych. It just, here's the main villain. No, no he's the main villain. <laughs> we lied the first time. Sorry. Please, please. There's, please, there's just, no just, pomp hi. or circumstance to it. The main villain just turns up.
1: Yeah. Anyway, uh, Shadow Boss is really boring. His design is really shit. He doesn't look intimidating. He's not scary or anything. He doesn't make
0: for a good villain. He, he looks, looks like, like a knockoff Batman. No. He <laughs> looks like if you dr- if you dipped Booster gold in tarmac. Booster Gold is another DC superhero who has that exact uh, um, blonde dyed uh, spiky hair thing going on. Okay. Um,
1: Also, considering he is called Shadow Boss, you would have expected his base to be quite kind of dark and brooding, but no, it's lit up like a fucking Christmas tree. Um, So that's good design. It really doesn't, but okay. I mean, the portal that he goes through is, is bright. bright as hell. Like, well, that's true. It makes no sense as a character. Um, what even happens then? Like, after that, we see that... Um, oh, yeah, what it was, it was uh, Shadow Boss was seeing what caused Wild Willy and Abobo to fail, and it turned out to be the new Dragon Master, Billy. And he's like, oh, that's the new Dragon Master. Unbelievable. And sends Wild Willy and Abobo off. Oh, wait, no, before this, Wild Willy and Abobo try and rob a bank and fail. And it was the shortest robbery failure ever. It's such a cutaway scene that really doesn't even need to be there that I completely forgot it's even existed. So, that's great. Keep it moving. Yeah. Um,
0: so, yeah. So, then, um, Just Jimmy going. Lee turns up at the... Uh outside the dojo, being chased by the shadow warriors. Which is wherein we see that the dojo has its own defense system. Yeah.
1: And by defense system, we mean it puts some iron boards up over the doors and windows at the front of the dojo, leaves the rest of it unprotected, and then a very tiny little turret gun at the top of it starts shooting stuff at it, and is about as effective and useless as the guns on the ship that's currently attacking the dojo.
0: Do you get the feeling they thought, maybe this can be a playset?
1: Uh, yes.
0: Because it it's really feels obvious. like something that you can just uh, flip up the... Uh, the panels and then pull down the thing to reveal the uh, laser gun. It's, uh, yeah. Anyway, this guy reveals that he is the twin brother of uh, our hero. To which Billy replies, Wow, I didn't even know I had a twin brother! Everything is just taken for granted. I mean, he turns out uh, later in the episode to be the Shadow Boss, and if you didn't see that coming. uh, You don't know the Nez version of Double Dragon. But it's just so, um... Oh god, we're not even halfway through the first episode. No, we are. We are. We're not, because there's a
1: Bloody martial arts tournament for no reason. Well, yeah, but that takes about five minutes. We're halfway through it. We're 12 minutes in of a 20-minute episode here. Um, But yeah, it's just the the fucking boldness of Billy just readily accepting this random bloke that's coming through his door as his twin brother. Which is like... uh, You never knew you had a twin brother...
0: I mean, so you're enough. just
1: going to accept this random bloke that's coming and going? I'm your twin brother, like fucking
0: hell, mate. How many email scams do you apply to? Here's the thing. They're not even identical twins. They're fraternal twins. Yeah. So, yeah, okay, they look like each other, but it isn't like, oh, I'm looking in a mirror. It's, oh, here's this guy who looks vaguely like me.
1: And after a kind of sub story from Jimmy... Uh, we get the wonderful line, and now I've led this violence to your door. From even though Billy was very much already dealing with the exact
0: same violence. I, I mean, to beforehand. be fair, this this is this is uh, the shadow boss playing it up. Yeah, I guess so. Um,
1: so, oh yeah, by the way, if you couldn't fucking guess, Jimmy's the shadow boss. Um,
0: yeah, I mentioned that.
1: After that, it reveals that just. Out of nowhere, that um, in fact, I'll give you the exact quote. Now that we're back together again, when one of us gets hurt, both of us bruise. First off, that makes no fucking sense. Second off, never comes back
0: after episode one. Yeah. There are, there are situations in which one of them gets badly hurt and the other one doesn't. Yeah. And later in the series. It's, uh... I mean, they directly fight each other in episode two. Nothing
1: comes from that <sighs> And then suddenly there's a martial arts tournament They're just suddenly at a martial arts tournament There's do, no do contents sh- or explanation for no, it no. It's just,
0: boom, there you go It's to show the value of the sport Wait, wait what What sport? Uh, double dragoning? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's some sort of martial art, but they've never pointed out what kind of martial art. They didn't even make up a martial art for this uh, this guy to be the master of. Uh, he's just the the master of the Dragon Dojo or something. The Dragon Master.
1: Basically, it's just an excuse so that Marion and Jimmy can get uh, quote unquote kidnapped. Yeah, as it were. Um, Michael blames himself for letting them get kidnapped.
0: Uh, Michael, uh, I I believe he turns up repeatedly throughout the series, but mostly Michael exists after this episode, uh, as the person in the PSA at the end of each episode. Yeah. (laughs) That's a bit of a relegation. Yes, there is.
1: Oh, boy. Okay, so, um... I questioned why Marion even got kidnapped in the first place. She's exhibited that she can defend herself.
0: Well, I'll tell you
1: exactly why she got kidnapped. Plot convenience. Right, of course. Anyway, after that, um, we get a cut over to Billy Sadly, going, I've lost two of the people I love the most. The brother you just
0: met and the woman you just met. Or the... Dragon Master who raised him, I guess? I guess, but then again, the way this show works, uh, they've pretty much forgotten about his existence already. I mean, to be honest, even if it was one Dragon
1: Master, then that doesn't make any sense for either of the other two to be the the second yeah. person in this.
0: <sighs> it's just so badly written... <laughs>
1: God, the dojo, Billy says to Michael, an otherwise defenceless character, as Michael is ushered out of the dojo.
0: Yeah, just stand out here, little kid. Stop the evil bad guys with uh, astonishing weaponry skills. Uh, from, Such as fist. From entering this building that we could press a button and have all of the panels on and have a gun uh, out, come out of the top. Yeah. Anyway, a weird
1: scene happens wherein... Billy does a bit of meditation and the dragon tattoo on his chest physically comes off of his body and shows him where the shadow blokes are. This will never happen again. Billy goes there and we get a kind of cool miniature fight scene with Shadow Boss where Shadow Boss is literally a shadow on the wall and fucks with jimmy through his shadow and that scene was cool honestly i kind of wish they did more of that unfortunately yeah. that scene lasted all of one minute yeah. because billy just threatened him gently with a sword and went yeah and then fucked off
0: the sword was glowing Regardless, if you were thinking of uh, the uh, shadow fight from Samurai Jack, no, 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 no. It, It's more an awkward—the uh, shadow grabs him by the shoulders and shakes him around a bit, sort yeah. of situation. Because that's a lot easier than uh, actual fighting. It's at this point that the shadow boss is revealed to be. <sighs> Hold on, which one is it, Billy or Jimmy? It's Jimmy, right? Well, I mean, you,
1: you kind of skipped a bit where Billy went into the thing and fought That's... the Bobo and Wild Willie and that there. Yeah,
0: but they're never going to turn up again, <sighs> so you, you, what's the point?
1: Well, before it reveals um, that Jimmy, or was it Billy, as the Shadow Boss, um, they have a little bit of an exchange. Billy says, Where there's light, shadows cannot fall. And then the Shadow Boss goes, Where there's shadow, dragons cannot go. Now, one of those sentences makes sense, but not really within the context of the cartoon, because the the area that they are in is lit up like a fucking Christmas tree.
0: I mean, it could be metaphorical, but the way the show will change within the next episode, it's kind of rendered completely pointless anyway.
1: Also, Billy asks, where are you, shadow fiend? And the shadow boss goes, I am everywhere. No, clearly fucking not, mate. <laughs> clearly fucking not. Anyway, yeah, Jamie's a fucking shadow boss. Yeah. It's a plot twist that is telegraphed ages ago. And my... Poor tired ass didn't actually get that fact. And when it turned out that it was, Jimmy, I was fucking furious. That is the worst plot twist ever. Turns out that's actually a plot twist in the game itself, which makes me less mad at the cartoon, but then makes me more mad at the game because that is really shitty writing. It's, it's
0: not. It's really good. It's really not. It's because you only really find it out I, in two-player when uh, you play through the entire game and then the second player turns out to be the final boss. I,
1: uh, That's, that was cool. Uh, I hate it. And also... For some reason, it's trying to tie
0: ev- absolutely every single little plot point up by the end of the first episode. Yeah, because they're trying to establish what the status quo is. And then it completely fucking changes in episode two. Yeah. As it turns out, 2 party, Where in the second part, is completely different. Yeah. So.
1: I'm going to let you take control from here, Bron, because I've only went in about... Where was it? Nine minutes into episode two. Before you gave up and yeah.
0: swore off watching any more of this terrible programme. Exactly. I put the smart move. The well, coward's way out. I will keep a long story short, quite frankly. Turns out, there's another shadow boss. He's called the Shadow Master. He fucking kills off Wild Willy and Abobo immediately.
1: In yeah. quite a terrifying way, graphically speaking, but... I kind of like him I like his voice actor See I didn't I didn't like
0: his voice It was just Boring I like how understated it is But the problem is He's understated and sinister In a show Where none of the animation Makes his character sinister Yeah In something Had that been the voice of um, Julian Robotnik that character, that character would have worked. Yeah, it, he could I, have voiced
1: Julian Robotnik. I definitely got a, a sense of uh, Satyam Robotnik from it.
0: But when you put it onto the Shadow Master, who is animated a lot more like the other Robotnik, and is just such a ridiculously stupid-looking design, I swear, mustaches everywhere. He's just got this weird, spiky everything. Mm. Except everything's black. Black on black on black. Regardless, this dude uh, immediately, I believe, uh, Billy gets captured by Jimmy and then uh, he decides to uh, execute the pair of them, because why not? Why not get rid of this guy you've just spent the last uh, twenty years training up uh they the two of them find out that together they can use a superpower that turns them into double dragons after which it just devolves into this weird superhero series. That's pretty much it to be honest. There are so many ideas going on in the first two episodes. And then it just becomes, okay. we meet someone else who might turn out to be a superhero. They turn out to be a superhero. Yay! Buy the action figure of this guy who can shoot fire out of his eyes. Buy the action figure of this ex-military dude. Buy the action figure of all these people. Hey, kid, do you want to buy some action figures? I'll pass, thanks. Okay,
1: I spent all my pocket money on a shitty NES game called Double Dragon 5.
0: Oh god, Double Dragon 5! <laughs> okay, Double Dragon 5 was the first Double Dragon game not to be made by the original developers. Tecmo? But I think it was Tecmo. Or Technos? One or the other. Regardless, it was made by Trade West. And it was made in the mould of this cartoon series, but as a one-on-one fighting game in the style of Street Fighter. So, not only was it not a real Double Dragon game, it also didn't play like a real Double, dra- double Dragon game. Apparently it's okay. I honestly have to disagree by default. By okay, I mean it was average. For the many, many copies of Street Fighter 2 that were going around at the time. This mm. one was average. Okay. It was like all of the others. Yeah. It was okay. Yeah. I think we have a different definition of okay, to be honest.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> for sure. Um, so, yeah. This show is, frankly... Fucking dire. None of it really works. The characters and writing overall is just lazy and boring and just overall shit.
0: Which is really unfortunate because um, oh god, I'm gonna have to pull up some names because there's there's nothing interesting in the um, voice acting. No, I've w- checked that. I, yeah,
1: I was going to um, bring up the voice actors, but. It's just a bunch of, like, random jobbers that I haven't really done anything remarkable. Like, I think one of them voices Robotnik in Sonic Underground, and that was the most remarkable thing I could find out of all of the voice actors. Um, The rest of them is just kind of... There's some high-level jobbers who have done, like, over 300 things. There's some low-level jobbers who have done, kind of, within this sub-100 kind of range. But none of them are really big names. There's no, like kind of Charlie Adler sort of Frank Welker type names going on here
0: it's just yeah there are jobbers and then there are jobbers and these guys are jobbers but anyway this thing was written by Ch- Phil Harnage, who is one of our Deke Standard guys along with and I assume that this Got This guy, uh, aside from directing it, I assume this guy was who they got in to do the character designs. Chuck Patton. Chuck Patton was one of the few African-American um, comic book artists of the 80s uh, who left the industry because he was disillusioned and moved into children's television. I... I mean... The, fair play to him. He won an Emmy in 1999. So, obviously, this... He he must have done better than things than this. Uh, apparently, he was nominated for an Emmy for Inspector Gadget Saves Christmas, which was the same year as this. Hmm. But finally, won an Emmy for a adaptation of Todd McFarlane's Spawn. Right. Which, judging from the art style on show here, from the character designs, yeah, I can see that. It's got that same era, too much muscle on top, not enough. Um, Not enough uh, waistline going on, thing that Todd McFarlane was part of the the same movement of. But um, far more, just far more interesting was who produced this. Because from season two, one of the producers of this show was Avi Arad. Now, if you've never heard of Avi Arad, Avi Arad is Basically responsible for superhero movies. Avi Arad was the producer that uh, created the Spider-Man trilogy and one of the earliest architects of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He was a guy who bought into a toy firm so that he could basically get a part of Marvel so that he could get... Spider-Man stuff because he loved Spider-Man so much. That was Arad's plan. <laughs> and it seems weird that one of the first things he executive produced was this pile of shit. It,
1: it really doesn't give me high hopes for the bloke, I'll be honest. I mean
0: he's been responsible for some good stuff. He has also been responsible for the the amazing Spider Man too. So, moving swiftly on, how are we going to rank this one?
1: I'm looking at the ranking list right now, and I'm getting depressed, because this thing is going lower than Hey, Vern, It's Earnest. Oh, blimey. Uh, hey, Vern, I, It's Earnest was watchable compared to this.
0: I don't know, I thought this was I withstood five watchable. episodes
1: of Hey, Vern, It's Earnest, and I was still happy to say it was alright, and I would probably like it if I was a kid.
0: Just uh out of interest. Shit. you were you was I was sitting here watching it whilst you were in the room. How much was I complaining?
1: Um what in what Double Dragon over v- Ernest? Double Dragon.
0: Double Dragon, uh quite a bit. Quite a bit, okay. Yeah, that's yeah, that makes sense. Um Yeah, it's not that watchable and it's not that memorable. All I can remember is really bright colours And plots that are all exactly... just don't make any sense. I mean, I remember
1: you earlier asking me, is it better than rock and wrestling? And I said, no. Because the thing is, is rock and wrestling is actually pretty memorable by comparison. Especially yeah. when you have Brad fucking Garrett doing Hulk Hogan's voice. I mean, Rock which and is, Wrestling
0: was just old Hanna Barbera shows as I enacted by wrestlers. Yeah, because they had no strange. idea what else to do. It was very
1: strange that show, and it was kind of neat looking back on it. But yeah.
0: Okay, where do you think
1: you should put it on the list? I mean, looking at this, it's like. Within like the lower five on here, I think. Okay,
0: what have we got in the
1: bottom five? I mean, we've got number thirty, which is Fairy Tale Theater. Thirty-one, which is Gadget Boy. Thirty-two, which is Super Duper Sumos. Thirty-three, which is Ultra Force, and thirty-four, which is Barbie and the Rockers.
0: I'd rather watch Fairy Tale Theater.
1: Yeah, I, honestly, I would probably go to say Ultra Force is better than this shit.
0: Oh no! 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 The difference between this and Ultra Force is that Ultra Force doesn't make any sense because there is too much shit. Mm. Ultra Force just keeps piling it on. It thinks, well, the X-Men cartoons basically copied the comics. We can copy the comics. Except the comics made no fucking sense either. Don't bring up Ultra Force. Never mention Ultra Force to me again. In that case,
1: because... Both of these are ugly, overly colourful shows about fighting that both have racist accents. (laughs) Is it better or worse than Super Duper Sumos? Oh,
0: God. Would I rather watch an episode of Super Duper Sumos or would I rather watch an episode of Double Dragon? I think Double Dragon might win out in that case simply because Super Duper Sumos is full of gross out humour. I feel like Super Duper Sumos somehow has more substance to it. <laughs> uh well, meaningful substance. There's a lot of substance to Double Dragon. Unfortunately, that that substance is most definitely plastic. Um, no, it's definitely better than Super Duper Sumos. Super Duper Sumos has a lot more racism. That's
1: true. That's true. Uh, Gadget Boy. Okay. I think it's probably on par with Gadget Boy because much like Gadget Boy, this show
0: is completely forgettable. I don't remember a single sodding thing about Gadget Boy. I think Gadget Boy has the advantage because Gadget Boy has the better theme song. And that's the only thing I can say about it. Gadget Boy doesn't have a theme song where they, uh, they rhyme... Humble never bragging with Way of the Dragon. Yeah. You know what? I'll agree with you there. I think
1: we found the spot. Between Gadget Boy and Sumos. Woof. That's, uh, Hoo Boy. So, yeah, that's new number 32, Double Dragon.
0: Now we apologise for this slog, because, good lord, this thing. I mean, it was a slog to record as well
1: because it's too fucking hot. Oof. That heatwave's still not over. It's still humid as balls, and I am ill. And he's ill. Not like the rapper sense. Um. Oh Christ. Well, hopefully this episode will actually fucking make its way out to you, unlike the last episode. Oh, God. I Uh, still have the Street Sharks notes. We'll eventually get to that again. Um,
0: So sorry about that one. Hopefully
1: very soon, because we have a lot to say about Street Sharks. It's a really fascinating thing. I like Street Sharks. (laughs) Honestly, after this, I like Street Sharks too. (laughs) This is garbage. Um, Street Sharks is an absolute... Piece of Gordon work after this. So that's the end of this shit bracket. Um, if you somehow enjoyed this episode, then go ahead, tell your friends to like us on iTunes, give us a review, and all that boggering shit. We're available on everything apart from Google Play Podcast and Stitcher. One because they won't let us on, and the other one because it's shit.
0: I thought we were on Google Play Podcast. Well,
1: yeah, we are on Google Play Podcast. We just aren't allowed onto it yeah, I ourselves. Can't, I
0: can't check that it's working. But I think we're on there.
1: Just just don't use Google Play Podcasts, to be honest. It's not worth the effort. Anyway, um...
0: Why would you IP lock a podcast Yes, yeah, that makes no sense, does it? It's just really bad. Yeah. Well,
1: anyway, um... Yeah, we have a website, com. There you can check out all the other episodes of the show, um... And also our other two shows, which have since fucking died. Um, <sighs> I'm sorry. It's a bit too hot. My mind is melted to mush, so I'm going to go and have an ice cream to cool down. Uh, we'll see you again probably next week, by the looks of things, just to catch up with our regular schedule. Oh, God. Um, with something else. It still won't be Street Sharks. We're still going to give that one a bit of a rest before we revisit it and That'd be nice because we can look back on our notes and see how we feel about it now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: doing a revisiting let's kind of show the, would be nice.
0: Make, let's make the next one a nice short one.
1: Yeah, that sounds good.
0: That sounds good. Especially as I only have one day off next week.
1: Yeah, okay. That's. Uh, okay. We'll do okay. that then. But yeah, see you next week for that episode.
0: Ta